Thank you so much, Kelvin. Sometimes it's lovely, isn't it, to have communion at the heart of our worship. That's what we chose to do today. Just want to reiterate some of those notices. I've got a, a huge amount of time and respect for the Activate team, and I'm really looking forward to Abigail hosting this Women's Day in May, so just want to affirm that. And the welcome brunch today. Guys, absolutely right. If you uh, happen to have turned up today or you forgot to sign up, or maybe you're a student, I was thinking, anyone who'd like some pastries, really, you are welcome to stay on and uh, meet some other new people and have a conversation with some of the leaders as well. So we're here to look at God's Word together. Um, We are in the third and final week of a mini-series called Essentials, where we've been thinking together about what are the essentials for a healthy and growing church. Now, you might want to argue with us. There are more than three. I'm sure there are. But we've picked out three that we feel are absolutely essential and are at the heart of our own church life here at CBC. We've looked at community and the importance of that. Last week, we were thinking about being missional and uh, the essential practice of being missionally shaped. And this week, our theme is word and spirit. Now, I don't know what comes to mind when you hear the word essential. Probably the same as me. Something that is extremely important or absolutely necessary. If you shop in Waitrose, other supermarkets are available... Uh, you will know they have an essentials range for some of their food products. And there is some amusing online conversation about the essential Waitrose range, describing how funny it is what some Waitrose shoppers may consider to be an essential. So I did some investigations. Uh, Look at these absolute necessities that you cannot do your weekly shop without. I mean, who couldn't be without Cypriot halloumi? What about... um, Cambazola, I mean, that's on everyone's shopping list every week. And the ever-essential artichoke hearts. (laughs) Now, we understand essential to mean something that is absolutely needed, of the utmost importance. And for us, being a church that is committed to fostering community, to being shaped for mission, and being committed to both the word and the spirit, is essential to us. Word and spirit. Word, God's word, as revealed in the Bible, and his living daily presence with us through the spirit. At the beginning of the month, the first Sunday of the new year, if you were here, you might remember I spoke on Psalm 1. Uh, It was called Rooted. And we find in Psalm 1 a call to love God's word and to meditate on it so that we would become like a deeply rooted tree planted by streams of water. And I mentioned in that message that one of the best New Year's resolutions you could make for the year was to get into the habit of being regularly formed by God's Word. We hold the Bible highly here. We aim to teach it faithfully and to help one another live by its truths and getting to know more deeply the God who is revealed in the scriptures. And today, I want to look at the other half of that phrase. We've thought about the words and think about and spirit. We want to be a word and spirit church. If you've been to our joining in course that Guy mentioned about belonging and membership, you'll have heard us say that this is really key for us. It seems that some churches have a focus solely and heavily on God's word. 
and leave very little room for talking about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit and his activity and his presence in our lives. Some other churches can have a focus leaning really heavily in the other direction on the supernatural work of the Spirit with very little reference to or grounding in Scripture. And we want to be both. We need both. I'm not sure of the source of this quote, but I think there's truth in it. If you have only the word, you dry up. If you have only the spirit, you blow up. But if you have both, you grow up. To be fully mature disciples of Jesus, who he wants us to be, when in word and spirit. So I want us to look at the beginning of Acts chapter 1, where the Holy Spirit was first poured out on the believers. So do get your Bible out or grab a Bible, please, and uh, open up at Acts chapter 1. And we're going to look at a couple of little passages, verses. And I want us to think together, particularly as we think about this theme, I mean, the Holy Spirit, I mean, you could do a year's teaching, couldn't you, on the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and I've got like 20 minutes. I want us to think particularly about not settling for less want us to have. So Acts chapter 1, and uh, starting at verse 4, first of all, Jesus has died. This is where we're up to. Jesus has risen again. And before ascending into heaven, he appeared to his disciples. And it says this, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. One of the last things Jesus says to his followers while he's still there as a physical presence in human form is to wait for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. And he even gives them a time scale. He says, in a few days, if you wait, this is the promise, in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then that day came and we read at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, if you turn over to that, what happened, Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The presence and power of God was at work in a tangible way. The presence of Jesus, no longer here in person, instead given to everybody through the Spirit. So this has happened. Onlookers were watching on, kind of seeing what was going on with the believers. Some of them were amazed at them speaking in tongues and other kind of unusual things. Some of them thought they'd been drinking. All of them noticed that something unusual was taking place. And Peter gets up and he preaches what is known as the Pentecost Sermon to explain what's going on. He's got this huge crowd in front of him. And he says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. So he's preached this sermon. And the people have listened and they say, what should we do? That's what they say, what should we do? Peter replied... Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. 
The promise is for you and your children and your children's children. For us, right down to us. And from that point on, throughout the New Testament and on into history, we see the Holy Spirit at work, filling believers, empowering Christians to share the gospel with words and signs and wonders. People experiencing the presence and power of God. Believers filled with the Spirit in an ongoing and life-changing way. We're told that 3,000 people responded to that sermon and were baptised. I mean, we had three baptisms last week, and that was wonderful, wasn't it? 3,000 after one sermon. I mean, I, I can dream. Incredible. The promised Holy Spirit the pro- was promised. And God is a God who keeps his promises. And why would that God not continue to keep his promises? Paul says later to the Ephesian Christians in Ephesians 5, be filled with the Spirit, he says to them. And that's the present continuous tense. Go on being filled with the Spirit, he says. Go on being filled with the Spirit. And as I look at Scripture, being filled with the Spirit, this is my definition. This is what I see. Being filled with the Spirit is about a repeatable, deepening experience of God's Spirit, which is available to every believer. And I wonder if many of us live with spiritual lack, because while we know in our heads that Jesus is with us by his spirit, living in us by his spirit, that ongoing, deepening experience is not ours. And in a similar way, maybe, to the way we sometimes approach the Bible, where we might dip in and out a bit. We choose to read it sometimes. If we're honest, we scan. We sometimes have to pick out a nice verse to see us through and miss the difficult parts and have a less than grounded commitment to God's word. Maybe in a similar way, We might be missing out on Holy Spirit blessings that are rightfully ours through ignorance maybe, or fear, or just not remembering to ask and to receive. Now I'm one of those people who, if you look in my purse, or if you look in my, the wallet part of my mobile phone, I have um, dozens of coffee loyalty cards. And I'm not even ashamed. I have a PhD in the coffee shops of Chichester. Uh, you know the ones where you get, like, a, it's a paper copy or it's on, on the phone, and you get nine stamps, and if you get nine stamps, you get a free coffee. There is nothing like the disproportionate pleasure of claiming your free coffee, is there? I mean, it's only like three quid, but nevertheless, it's a free coffee, so I love that. And I look at what ones I've got full stamps for and choose where I might go. Now, not long ago, I lost one of my paper cards for an unnamed coffee shop in town and had eight stamps on it. I know. And do you know what I did? I, I went up to the barista and like, begged. And it got me nowhere. So I lost eight stamps and I wasn't able to claim my free coffee that I'd earned. Now, that's over a free coffee. And I, you know, like I say, I'm not embarrassed. I feel a bit more embarrassed now. I've told you that out loud, but... <laughs> I was reading about the um, huge number of lottery prizes that go unclaimed. The BBC News reported that there are currently 11 unclaimed jackpot prizes waiting to be won, totalling £7 million. The biggest unclaimed prize was a £56 million ticket about eight years ago that expired. 
A recent TV advert in the UK was promoting that billions of pounds of social security benefits payments that belong to people who haven't filled out the forms to receive what was owed them. So there's money available which is needed and rightfully owned and would make a huge difference to the quality of someone's life, but it's not claimed. So whether that's claiming a free coffee, claiming a jackpot win, claiming benefits that are rightfully ours, could it be that we have blessings in Christ through his spirit available to us that we haven't taken because somehow we haven't known about them or because somehow we've forgotten that it's important or that we don't really know what we're asking for? The Holy Spirit is a gift promised to those who believe. We've seen that promise in Acts 1 and Acts 2. Wait for the gift my father promised, Jesus said. This promise is for all who are far off, Peter said in that sermon. Paul says to the Galatians, Galatians 3.14, he redeemed us, that's Jesus, he redeemed us so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. God has made a promise and the promise is the presence and power of Jesus and his resources into our lives. It's the promise of peace and joy and freedom and purpose and power and love. And are those things sitting there unclaimed, rightfully ours, because we haven't claimed or taken them. And the Lord doesn't want us to settle for less. He is a good father with good gifts to give us. You might know this story he tells in Luke 11. And at the end of this story, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There's a promise, and all we have to do is ask. There is more for us than we currently have. We so easily settle for less than all that has been promised. And there's an expectation that in our Bibles that there's more to know and experience of him. We are a word and spirit church, which means we stand on the truth of God's word and we ask for all that God has for us through his spirit. One of the things that we enjoy doing as a family is um, going swimming. I say we. Three of the four of us love swimming. One of us drinks coffee with their free coffee voucher on the side, <laughs> looking after the bags. But you know what? Everybody's happy, so it's marvellous. Swimming's you know, a, big, a big fun thing in our family life. And over the years, we've visited uh, lots of different pools, both at home and away on holiday. And of course, when we go away somewhere, we're always really keen to investigate new pools, including me. Now, our local pool here is absolutely fine. You know, we can splash about. It's a reasonable size. The kids have a very nice time. But sometimes when we go away, we'll deliberately choose to visit a much bigger pool or a water park or a bigger kind of complex of pools that have got lots of slides and diving boards and wave machines and, you know, a much bigger pool with a really deep end for you to dive into. And when you go to those places, they are so much more fun and satisfying. 
Now, the thing is, if we'd never been to any of those other pools, those other complexes, those other places, if we'd never investigated those, then our local pool would be all that we had. And you know what? We would be perfectly happy. Swimming in the shallows in a smaller pool would be all that we would know. And we would have accepted that. But because we know there are bigger, better, deeper, more exciting places, we look forward to visiting them. And that's how I think we can be as Christians about life in the spirit. That somehow there's not really any expectation for anything more because we're kind of unaware, perhaps, that a, that a deeper end exists. And we're content with our lot because we think this is all there is. We get used to living in the shallows. And if there's anything to think about on a day when we remind ourselves of the essentials of being a word and spirit church, it's that a life full of the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't want to settle, doesn't want to settle for less. We can live in the vibrancy of the deep end of the Holy Spirit, claiming the benefits that are rightfully ours, not missing out on the blessings that we could have. Now, I am not saying in any way that life in the spirit makes our lives rosy. Absolutely not. Life is jolly hard for many of us, even right now. That is not, that is not the case. But there's something about the presence and power of the spirit in our lives that makes an incredible difference in those places. And actually, rather than the kind of happy, joyful times, you know, fill me with your spirit, Lord, maybe it's in the darkest, most difficult places, the valley places, that's when... We say, Lord, we've settled for the shallows. I know there's more of you to know in this place, in this place. I was just praying and reflecting on this this week for this message, and I was reminded of a story in the Old Testament in Numbers 32, where the tribes of uh, Gad and Reuben arrive at the Jordan River on the edge of the Promised Land. And when they get there, they find that uh, this place they get to was good for their livestock, and the tribes had a lot of animals. And so they ask Moses to be allowed to stay there rather than cross the Jordan. You might know this story. This is the beginning of Numbers 32. The Reubenites and Gadites, who had very large herds and flocks, saw that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were suitable for livestock. So they said to Moses and Eleazar, the priest, and to the leaders of the community, and said... Let this land be given to your servants as our possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan. And I was thinking about that. Gad and Reuben want to claim this land as their inheritance. They thought that where they were was favorable. They thought it was a good place to settle. But it wasn't the place of the Lord's promise. Their inheritance was supposed to be Canaan. They weren't bought out of Egypt to settle for the first bit of good land that they see. And that resonates with me this week about not settling for less than all God might have promised for us. So many of us have known deliverance from Egypt. You know, we've, we've, been, we've been saved. We live in a place of God's provision. We're grateful. But maybe we don't inhabit the place of full promise. We've given our lives to Jesus, but it's his spirit who takes us across the Jordan and gives us the fullness of life that only the empowering of the spirit brings. Reminder, being filled with the spirit is about a repeatable, deepening experience of God's spirit, which is available to every believer.
And then there are blessings that can be ours, our rightful inheritance. In the joyful place, but in the darkest places. That's helped me this week, in my own circumstances. His power and his presence. And in a moment, we're going to make some space to pray and to respond. And maybe these words, power and presence, will help you shape your praying, shape your asking, if this resonates with you today. When the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, he comes in power. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit working in us and through us today. We believe in a loving and powerful God. Now, the Holy Spirit comes to us gently. We don't need to be afraid. He is a gentleman. He's got good gifts for us. He wants to bless and touch us in a way that we want and are helped by. But when he comes, he can come with power. Powerful witness, power to break internal chains, courage to stand firm, spiritual gifts to use. The Holy Spirit comes in power. And his presence When the Holy Spirit comes, his presence is made known. The presence of Jesus is real. And again, I've experienced that so many times in times of plenty and in times of need. And whilst not making our lives all right, far from it, the presence of Jesus by his Spirit makes so much difference. We can know his comfort. We can know that we belong to him. We can sense him as our advocate alongside us. The presence of Jesus. And what do we do? Well, if our God is a good father, he has good things for us, we ask. And he says he will give. Word and spirit. Let's not settle for less than all God has for us. Let's not live in the shallows. There is a land of promise That is our inheritance. People will see it and believe it more when they look in at us. Blessings to claim that are rightfully ours. Let's not be people who don't claim what is theirs. So I deliberately wanted to make some space today. There is so much teaching I could bring, but actually when we're talking about the work of the Spirit, we need to ask and receive him. And let that do the talking. So I've shared some thoughts. I'm going to invite the band to come back. And I want us to make some space just to pray. And we will just see what the Lord wants to do. So why don't we pray for a moment. Just leave leave that definition up on the screen for us for a moment. A repeatable deepening experience of God's spirit which is available to every believer Um, and I suggest you do whatever is helpful you know I I personally find it helpful having my hands out because the posture of receiving physically helps me to receive spiritually that might be helpful to you and I'm going to pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to come and then we are just going to have some space And we will trust and believe that when we do that, he comes to us because he promises that he will. So Lord, we open ourselves up, our hearts, our hands, our minds, ourselves to you. And we say, 
Your word says you are a good father. Your word says the Holy Spirit is given as a promise to every believer. Your word says that if we ask, we will receive. And so we stand on your word and we ask for your spirit to be poured out into our hearts and lives right here, right now. Come Holy Spirit with power and presence in a way that that I need, that we as individuals need. Come Holy Spirit.